Have you ever been told banning abortion would ban procedures following miscarriage? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hi, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Ethan, give us an outreach highlight from last week. So we were at the March for Life uh, this last Wednesday, and I had an older lady who came and talked to Titus and I, uh, and she wanted to learn more about Created Equal and was really, really impressed with our level of professionalism and training. And she just continued to go on and on about the quality of the training that we were describing to her. So I guess, Seth, really, that's a shout out oh, to wow, you. Nice. <laughs> um, Thank you. True. Yeah. For, you know, our standard of professionalism and uh, the quality of our training and the quality of the conversations that we have and the skills that our team members have. Well, that's really cool to hear. And that was at the uh, Ohio March for Life for anyone listening, yes. the first ever statewide one. That was pretty cool being there, the first ever Ohio mm-hmm. statewide March for Life. It was really well attended, I thought. Yeah. It's definitely an encouraging event to, to go to. And you know what? If you want to get that same training that Ethan has gotten, come on the Justice Ride, There y'all. it is, yeah. <laughs> justiceride.org. Join Shameless us. plug for the Justice Ride. You can apply right now. It's going to be March 3rd through the 11th. But apply as soon as you hear this. Honestly, go click the link. Um, we'll have it in the description box and make sure you apply today if you want to go on a week-long pro-life missions trip and get trained on how to have conversations with people about abortion and how to sidewalk counsel outside the abortion facilities. So today we have a really interesting conversation that Maggie, our producer, had during a outreach on the Ohio State University and she was talking to a guy for a long time. I was on this outreach and I looked over at her and she was in the same conversation and I had already blown through a few but it seemed like it was a very interesting conversation and we'll get into a few of the points that were made during it but basically the section that we're going to be talking about is he was claiming that if we ban abortion that abortion or that Procedures that would help mothers after having miscarriages would be banned. So, Mm. Maggie, how about we play that clip? The abortion is not merely a procedure to kill a fetus. Sometimes the fetus is already dead inside the mother. And so the procedures used to sometimes um, induce fetal death are also used to expel an already miscarried fetus. And we're already seeing cases like in Texas, where in someone who has already miscarried and is holding a dead fetus in their uterus was unable to get that uh, fetus removed from their body because they were not allowed to get the proper treatment. And that is just quite frankly, not good in my opinion. Well, quite frankly, it's not good in my opinion, too, if uh, right. women yeah. couldn't get the... As a Texas native, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was hearing this multiple times, actually, just on the Ohio State campus that day from other people bringing up Texas law and how women were unable to receive the care that they needed mm-hmm. after having a miscarriage. And so I was able to, you know, talk to them, talk with them about that and i think we really just need to debunk that misinformation that has been spread you know there were probably 10 or 20 30 articles written from texas about certain women who were Mm -hmm. uh, not able to have care after having a miscarriage and they were really preyed upon Mm. i'm not sure every single woman's experience with that but i was telling people that i think those women if, if that were true, that doctors were uneasy if they could perform a DNC, say, on somebody who had a miscarriage, 
I think they were using those women as political pawns yeah. uh, mm-hmm. more than anything else. Not that they were actually scared that by performing that DNC on somebody whose embryo or fetus had already passed away, if that would be illegal. But I think they were just not doing it because they wanted to use them and say, hey, if we're just so confused about this bill, we're so confused about this law that we don't even know if we can perform a simple procedure on somebody who's had a miscarriage. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Yeah, that seems very much like misinformation to me because what we go out onto the streets to talk to people about is elective abortion, the intentional killing of an innocent human being. But the abortion procedure when used in the case of a miscarriage, in a miscarriage you have a dead baby who's in the mom's uterus and sometimes the mom's body will not naturally expel that little baby and so a doctor needs to go in and remove that baby Mm -hmm. sometimes piece by piece unfortunately you know it's still a little bit gruesome but that's a dead child child that's already dead you're not going in there to kill that child you have to go in there now to remove this child's dead body so that you don't have an infection in the mother's uterus yeah i think you're right it's misinformation right this is where it's so annoying when that m word is tossed around there right because we're told that we're misinforming people by saying simple things like the fetus is human shocking biological fact right but this (laughs) is total misinformation anyone who says this i doubt they've actually read the actual bills yeah even the dismemberment abortion ban which remember um lexi were you here when we went to the state house we all had these t-shirts on with the babies face saying don't dismember me before my time time. okay so it was to try to pass a bill in ohio to ban killing a baby by dismembering her. So this would be a mm-hmm. D&E abortion, mm-hmm. dilation and evacuation, using forceps or something to tear her apart piece by piece. We sat there with these shirts on, and even that bill was clear that the goal was not saying a D&E is by itself illegal. A D&E to kill someone yes. is illegal, right? Yeah. It's like the same thing. That it's not forceps or guns or anything that kills people. It's people using these things to kill people that kills people, yeah. right? So it's just total misinformation. No bill I have seen says we're going to take this tool out of an obstetrician gynecologist tool belt. We're mm-hmm. saying we will not allow them to use this tool to kill someone. Right. Well, and I think what people where they get tripped up on is when they'll say, okay, well, if you do go in and you have a DNC or you, after having a miscarriage on your bill that you're going to receive from the hospital, it's going to say abortion. Right. So isn't that an abortion? Right. Yeah. So um, I saw this on Twitter. Some lady said it just like, of course, went to a, vi- a viral tweet. Her tweet was, "I lost my baby, and the first thing I had to do was look and see if I broke any laws because of my miscarriage." Obviously, ridiculous. it was just to get political yes, points. And she then yes. said, "Oh, I can't believe I have so many followers. That's so exciting." You knew you'd get followers from this tweet, right? That was it's your so goal. Sad. It didn't. No, it's real sick. Because it's very sick. You're using the loss of your own child yep, to get political points. It's as, it's disgusting. Yeah. And the the doctors who are saying I'm I'm not sure if I can even perform a DNC on you after you've had a miscarriage because the laws are just so confusing and that doesn't make any sense to us. We need lawyers to look at this. We're not a lawyer. We don't know. And even the even the people who are lawyers don't know what what this actually means. This is what you're reading in articles that yeah, right. doctors are saying. Mm-hmm. But I think it's complete foolishness, and I think they're just using these women as political pawns, and I think there are pro-life doctors who will be in Texas and throughout the country who will stand up for these women and who will perform the necessary procedures to give care to women while also not killing their children. So that was just something very interesting. Almost knocked over my coffee, if anybody could hear that. (laughs) Thankfully, I need some coffee. One other point on this, uh, just to clarify, not the legal issue, but Uh uh, what Ethan was talking about, the moral matter 
a friend of ours, Scott Klusendorf, author of Case for Life and president of Life Training Institute, he often says that, you know, it's not just what the action determines the morality of it. Like stealing someone's pen and borrowing their pen will look the same on the outside, but your motive matters, right? Yeah. So that makes a difference here. So if you are removing a dead baby, you it cannot be in any way construed that you are trying to kill someone. Right. They're totally missing that point. So it's important to clarify that it's not just the procedure. It's what your intent is, what your motive is, and also whether the baby is alive or dead already. Yeah. And so this brings up a factor in the whole abortion debate because the people who support abortion are very, very good mm. at putting out a message and then everybody agreeing with it. I wasn't hearing this argument being made prior to the Texas law, but prior now to it's the everywhere. reversal of Roe Wade. Yeah. I have so many conversations with people who are bringing up this very point, okay? I saw so, Maggie nodding her head too. She's like, testify. We all agree. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere. Yes. I can't, I'm trying to think of some other circumstances that I'm hearing over and over and over and over. The 10-year-old leaving the ten-year-old. Ohio. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. How can we do that but do it morally? As in how can we put out a message that's true, that's good, that people will listen to. Well, don't you think it's kind of like their answer to the victim images, right? So they know that a story that moves the heart is powerful. And here's the difference, right? They have all of the media on their side projecting these stories, whereas we still don't have that. We have to rely on ourselves to be out in the streets showing these pictures, but they think we need a victim. It's this 10-year-old. It's this mom with a miscarriage. You will identify with her, and that's the benefit. People don't identify with fetuses that we show. They still Mm -hmm. see the reality. It can break through. But they identify with the 10-year-old. They identify with the mom who had a miscarriage. And they had the media projecting these stories. If we had that same power where the media was showing these photos, these videos on all the news, it would be a different story. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's very true. But I mean, I guess you're right. Everybody just has to show the victims of abortion. We're not going to have the media behind us. But that's why, you know... We are here. That's why, Ethan, I'm sure that's why you're here at Create Equal. That's why you joined us a few months ago was because you saw, hey, nobody's going to be doing this, so I have to. Right. Yeah, there was no one else doing it. And that's why I was like, that's why I need to be doing it. Who else is going to do it? And not to say it in an egotistical sense, like, oh, you know, I can step up to the plate and fill this vital role. But just the reality that there are not very many people taking these images to the public. There's a lack of, what's a good term for that? you know, hands and feet to do the work. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that would be a great opportunity for me to serve in some small way that I could help represent these children who are being slaughtered by taking these images to the public and putting these in front of people and saying, you don't get to put this under the rug. This happens so often. This needs to be shown to the public. We don't get to ignore this atrocity. Mm-hmm. That's so well said. And I think I would add, knowing that that is our job, I don't want to be just flippant or simple about this and say it's just as easy as putting the photos out there. I mean, that can right. be it, right? That can change yes. hearts and minds. But I think it also speaks to, like, they're, again, focusing on this single mom and this individual 10-year-old, not just saying mm-hmm. there are 50 moms who can't get miscarriage treatment. They know a single story about one person is so much more powerful, right. right? So I think that it's for us, too, we need to focus on ways to really humanize the babies and how we speak about them. So, you know, we as a group, we always try not to say it mm-hmm. about the baby, the yeah. fetus describe him or her as he or she and also that we like uh what is it pro-life action league they've done a good job with their when they show an abortion photo they say like this is her only baby photo right Mm -hmm. trying to 
remind us this is a real human and really speak about her in a humanizing way. So I think we have to do that too as we show the photos yeah. to try to, we're not just, it's an appeal, not appeal to pity, fallacy, just appealing to emotion alone, but we do have to appeal to the heart as well right. as Definitely. the head. And because that's the reality of it because our head isn't even, a lot of people's heads are not even aligning with reality. Right. Yep. So it may seem like, oh, you're just trying to use the photos to evoke motion. You're trying, it's a fear tactic, all these things. No, it's showing the reality. Unfortunately, yeah. all we have to do is show how awful abortion is, and that gets our point across. Yeah. But by dehumanizing the child, by calling him or her it, that's not our position. So no. that would be silly for us to do right. that. I think we have a harder battle for sure than the pro-abortion side because we're not in the media. We're not the ones putting out the mm -hmm. first truths yep. to these college students, to the public. We're the ones having to combat those first truths. Right. I say that in air quotes, right. not really true. <laughs> the first, yeah. The first facts, the I guess, encounter. that yeah. They, mm -hmm. they're yeah. given. And I know even, at least for myself, Ethan, you can mm -hmm. tell me if you agree with this. When I'm told something it's much harder for somebody to convince me that first thing that I was told is not true, whether it be a current event uh, that happened and I may have a few facts fuzzy on yeah. it and somebody's trying to, I'm like, uh, I don't think, I don't think that's what I heard. You know, I don't know. So when right. you're trying to combat that in conversations, have you seen when somebody already has a belief or opinion or has a story in mind it's harder for you to tell them, hey, that's not actually true and bring that correction. Yeah, it definitely is. I sometimes feel like I am constantly having to just deprogram people, mm. bring them just to ground zero to have a conversation because they bring so many false ideas and false concepts to the conversation that it's like, uh, we're not even communicating on the same level. We have to come back to ground zero, redefine our terms so that we can actually have a conversation because there's so much indoctrination and misinformation, actual misinformation yes. that's being pushed. And so people come to a conversation making these wild and wacky claims. And I'm like, do you hear yourself right now? You know, where where are you getting this information? But people just spout it off like it's a fact and then get really surprised when you give them a very firm, no, that is incorrect. That is not true because they've never been challenged on it before. It's just been given to them and everybody around them reinforces that it's correct. Mm -hmm. And so they go along continuing to believe that. Yeah. So imagine like for anyone who's listening to all this and it is resonating because you struggle when you're talking to someone to move them to change their opinion on abortion. Imagine trying to do complex algebra or calculus on whatever. I'm bad at math. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> trying to do complex calculus with someone and they never learn basic arithmetic. Yeah. It'd be so hard. You have to go, let's go back to two plus two before we ever talk about what X, Y or all that stuff yes. is, right? So it's so hard, and that is the problem. So we have to go back to the very beginning of, is there a moral law? Right. Is, are some things right and wrong for everyone? It's so hard mm -hmm. when, as Ethan said, the deprogramming has been so intense, so consistently incorrect, and they have no idea the fetus is a human yeah. or what it means to be a human. Mm. So be encouraged. If it's hard for you, it's hard for us too. Well, yeah. and I think that y'all is our call to action, really, because they're being bombarded. Everybody's being bombarded by misinformation by things that are just not true, that things that are just not found in reality. And so they're getting this over and over and over and over all day long, scrolling on social media, sitting in the their yeah. classrooms. So we have an obligation 
to give them the truth all day long over and over and over and over and over. We can never do it as much as they're getting the fake stuff, Mm y'all. But we can try our best to give them the reality, give them the truth as much as we possibly can. And the team at Create Equal can't do it on our own, Mm -mm. right? And so if you yourself are sitting in a classroom today, if you yourself are surrounded by other people, even in a church group, You need to be speaking up and sharing the truth because the more they hear the truth, the more they understand, hey, real people just like me believe something different than what the media is telling me. That is where we're going to see change. Mm -hmm. That's when being anti-abortion will be normalized. That's when being in support of human equality will be normalized again. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely please again, come join us for the justice ride. If you are nervous to have conversations with people about abortion, that's where you'll get training and that's where you'll get to stand next to somebody who's done this many, many times and hear them have conversations. And then you get to have those conversations with other people with the help of Seth, with the help of other people here at created equal who can walk you through those conversations and you won't be alone. You won't be scared y'all. It's not very scary. (laughs) Just come and do it. And that can be done at justiceride.org if you have not yet applied for that. This was a great conversation. And I hope now if you are being told the same thing, hey, banning abortion is going to ban uh, miscarriage care. I don't know. Do you say it like that? Miscarriage care? Makes sense to me. Yeah, it just kind of sounds. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Then you know how to respond. That's just not the truth of the laws that are being put in place in states across America. So thank you all again for joining us this week. Please go leave us a five-star review so that more people can find this podcast. That's all we have for this week. And as always, thank you for debriefing with us.